Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. They're working to make sure that they have more to offer. That means that while they were doing that, how long does it take to dig something and put it in a hole? A few minutes. Your time investment was little. And for the rest of the time, you just did nothing. And so when the Lord came back, you had nothing. Something for every one of us to consider is how we use our time. Time is something you don't get more of. You don't get the, you don't get to go back and get the time you wasted. Um, we all get so much time. And what we do with it matters for the Lord. What we do with it has a lot to do with what we're able to offer back to Him. Have you ever received a homemade gift that you knew required a lot of time, thought, and energy on the part of the giver? It may not have been expensive, and it may not have been something very useful or something you had asked for, but knowing that they gave their time and energy to make it made it incredibly meaningful. While God does call us to give our money and material resources, some of the best gifts we can give Him are our time and energy by spending time with Him and living out His mission. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers, chapter 7, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Satan is always trying to find a way to get you and I separated from the Lord. He'll get, he'll get you separated from the Lord through tempting you and you fall into sin. Boom, sin brings separation. Another way that he'll get you separated from the Lord is get your affections off on other things. He'll throw some lures out there. And if we're not wise, we'll run after those lures. And he knows we belong here, but he got us way out there on the Lord. Got you separated from the Lord. But one of his great tricks in the kingdom of God, getting people to be in a place where they're mad at God. And I've had I've even heard pastors say um, even make people feel OK. Like, you know, it's OK to get mad at God. It's all right. You know, you could just tell them how you feel. Can I tell you? That that's false? God is holy. You can't be mad at God. He died for you. How are you going to be mad at the one who died on the cross for you? He died, he bled, he died. He, he, he was hung on the cross, he bled and died for you. We can't, you can't be mad at God. And if you feel free to be mad at him, it, it, it almost is a demonstration that you don't recognize how, how high and holy he is. He's not my friend. He's not like one of my buddies. I can say, hey, man, I appreciate you, you know, doing that the other day. Man, I would, you know, do that to me again. I can talk, talk to one of my buddies like that. Um, but I, the Lord, I can't talk to the Lord like that. He died for me. I can say, God, I don't know why you let that happen. You, you see, I'm all kind of messed up. Um, but I, I'm going to go to the Lord with my hurts. God, my feelings are hurt. I'm frustrated. I'm, 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 I'm all in my feelings over this thing right here. So I, but I know you know what you're doing. So I'm just coming to you saying, help me to get straightened out. Help me to get help me, help me to get these creases ironed out so I'll be okay. Um, but we, we want to just come back to him saying, God, you, you're good. I know that much. I know that you're good. I know that you love me. I know that all things are working together for the good, according to me, because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. So when I don't understand why this is and what it is, I don't want to be mad at him. I want to be looking to him. Amen. And so be careful about ever getting yourself into a place where you, you calling yourself mad at the Lord. Don't ever do it. Um, it, there's no benefit to being mad at God. You lose when you're mad at the Lord. Moving on, it says, um, uh, verse 10 now, now the leaders offered the dedicated offerings for the, for the altar when it was anointed. So the leaders offered their offering before the altar. And the Lord said to Moses, they shall offer the offering one leader each day for the dedication of the altar. So 
as part of this big ceremony where the altar is going to be dedicated, uh, there's a person from each tribe that's going to come up and make an offering to the Lord. Um, if you're writing notes and you want to write down one through 12, I'm going to give it to you real quick. Um, if not, then just be patient and listen. Um, instead of reading through verses 12 all the way to verse 83, I'm going to give you the summary of it. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what happens in those verses. We're going to read the first one, verses 12 through 17. This is the tribe of Judah as they make this offering to the Lord. And then, like I told you guys earlier, the other 11 tribes, they all gave an identical offering. And we'll talk about why that is. So let's look at the first one together. Look at verses 12 through 17. This is going to be the tribe of Judah. It says, now the one who offered his offering on the first day was Nashon, the son of Amminadab from the tribe of Judah. So the person offering it was Nashon. The tribe he represented was Judah. Verse 13, his offering was one silver platter the weight of which was 130 shekels and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering and uh, oh, sorry, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram and one male lamb in his first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering and the sacrifice of the peace offering two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Nashon, the son of Amenadab. And so when I tell you guys that whole chunk, it, it's like, they, you know, you ever type a paper and you copy and paste over and over again. That whole chunk is copy and paste 11 more times. It'll just, the only thing changes is the person that's offering it and the tribe. So verses 12 through 17, we got the tribe of Judah represented by Nashon. He makes the offering. Number two, um, this is verses 18 through 23. This is the tribe of Ishakar, and they're represented by Neth uh, Nethanel. Um, number three is verses 24 to 29. It's the tribe of Zebulun, and they're represented by Eli Eliab. Number four, this is verses 30 through 35. It's the tribe of Reuben, and they're represented by Eliezer. E-L-I-Z-U-R, the best I can do. Um, number five is verses 36 to 41. It's the tribe of Simeon, and they're represented by Shalumium, Shalumiel. Verses, uh, number six, verses 42 to 47. It's the tribe of Gad, and they're represented by Eliasaph, E-L-I-A-S-P-H. Um, we halfway there. Number seven is verses 48 to 53. It's the tribe of Ephraim, represented by Elishima, Elishima. Number eight, verses 54 to 59, the tribe of Manasseh, uh, represented by Gamaliel. Number nine is verses 60 to 65, the tribe of Benjamin, represented by, represented by Abinadad. Um, number 10, verses 66 to 71, the tribe of Dan, represented by Ahizir. A-H-I-E-Z-E-R. Uh, number 11, verses 72 to 77, the tribe of Asher, uh, represented by Pe Pegiel. And the last one, verses 78 to 83, the tribe of Naphtali, rap represented by ah Ahira. And so each one of these tribes make this pretty lofty offering to the Lord that we just read about. There's gold, there's fine flour, there's, there's sin offerings, there's 
fellowship offerings, there's peace offerings. All these things are being offered up to the Lord and everybody is offering up the same thing. Now, what I want you to do is uh, if you would leave a marker in numbers and I want you to turn over to Matthew chapter 25 with me. 25 verse 14. And this is the looking at the parable of the talents. One thing I want you to note with that group that they all gave the exact same thing. I told you guys earlier that we may we may receive from the Lord different things, different gifts. You know, our abilities might be different, but we're all able to bring to God the same thing. We're, we all have the ability to bring faithfulness. Um, that's what we can bring. That's what we can offer to the Lord. So look at verses uh, 25, starting at verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his servants called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, and to another he gave one. To each one, notice what it says, according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. We're getting the picture here. God says, look, I came, he's the master here, and he has servants, and he said, I gave each one of my servants something. Um, To one he gave five talents, to another, he gave two and another, he gave one. Does that seem fair off the top? I mean, which, which servant would you want to be, right? Five, two, one. Who do you want to be? Somebody said one, two, line. All right. Most of us, just our human nature is like, can I get them five though? You know what I'm saying? Like, can I be the five talent servant? You know, everybody got what they got. Five talents, two talents, one talent, right? And from a very humanistic perspective, kind of looks unfair. How come he got five? He got two. He only got one. Gee. But God said this, according to his own ability, each one according to their ability. And so maybe the one with one can't handle five. Maybe the one with two couldn't handle five. Maybe the one with five was not at that point ready to handle ten. God said, I'm not going to give you more than you can handle. Uh, when, I was a, when I was a teenager and I was wanting to get a car and I was looking at cars my dad had wisdom. Uh, my dad knew, for you guys that know me now, I'm a, I like to speed just a little bit. That's been there since I was a kid. I did everything fast. I like fast cars. And I really, 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 I mean, if I could have had it my way, my first car would have been some. it would have been an IROC. It would have been a Z. It would, it would have been something that goes like that. And I probably wouldn't be here right now. Or I might have to roll up here, you know, but that was, that's what I wanted. You know, my dad kind of guided me a little bit. And he had a friend that had a crash bug. And he was like, perfect. There you go. Bug. That, that, you know, anybody ever had a bug? Now, I did everything you could do to make a bug go. But even after you do everything, I mean, I remember, I mean, I did, I had turbo exhaust. At one point, you could put a Porsche 914 engine in a bug. It still don't do nothing. Um, I put a turbo engine in it and put the turbo exhaust and changed the transmission to the, the, the racing shifter. And I get out there with my friends with a real car. And I'm just let it go and it was like nah nah not nah just just didn't it just never did it you know so there was some wisdom my dad knew that I'd probably get out there and kill myself you don't need a you don't need a sports car boy you 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 barely need this you know so God being a even better parent than most of us looking down saying you know you 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 can get what you you get according to your I know what your ability is and I give you what I know you can handle I give you what you can handle and so maybe you've looked around at other people and thought man how come they got all those abilities, Lord. I only can do one thing. All I can do is this. And, and, and you may be feeling some kind of way about that. Today, um, 
I sat down with some people to help me do some paperwork. Um, for you guys that know me, one of my weaknesses, I'm not very administrative. It probably is the one thing that kind of makes me overwhelmed and unhappy, just sitting there with paper and things and stuff that's got to be done all a particular way. I sit there, my wife will tell you, there are times where my wife is, if I'm dealing with stuff like that and I'm not, I'm not myself, I don't feel, I'm not happy to be in it. I don't want to talk while I'm doing it. I'm not the best version of me. It's not good for me. So I sat there today with a couple of guys that have those particular gifts and they were going to help me do it. And God's so good to me that one of them was like, you know, it just was so easy. Almost like it looked like it's fun to him. He just took the lead. It was like, well, let's just do this, man. He started typing. I was like, I backed up like this here. I just went over his shoulder and I just, uh-huh, right, yep, yep. I was answering questions. It's my email address. Yes, that's my email address. And, just, and I watched him just do it. And I'm like, man, I, I, now what I didn't do was say, Lord, I want that gift. I don't want that gift. I don't. What I want is somebody real close to me to have that gift. But I don't want that gift. You know, I hate administrative stuff. So, um, but sometimes we can look around at someone that has something that we don't have and covet it. God said, you got what you got. What you want to do is seek me and discover what you do have and be fruitful with that. So here in the, the parable of the talents, the master gave out to his servants one five talents, one two talents, one one talent, key words in the, in the parable, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a, on a journey. Verse 16 now. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. So the one with five talents, he got his hustle on. He went out there and, and, and did some flipping and flapping and, you know, some doobly lopping. He came back and he turned five to ten. He doubled it. Says the one that got two. He says he went out there and he gained two more. They both doubled up. Now, check this out. This guy made a, he doubled up five and he has ten. This guy doubled up two and has four. Now, in God's eyes, which one of them, did one of them do better? Is the one with ten, did, did he do better? They were both faithful. They both doubled up what they had. God, when God comes back, they both are going to give God double what he gave them. So what you and I want to think about is this, right? With everything God's given you, when, when, we, when he comes back, is, is, is have, if, let's say it's your gifts. Have you grown in them? Is he going to get more out of you than where you started at? Are you, are you, are you further along than, than when he first handed it to you, you you were made aware that I have that gift. Are you further along in that gift? Or, or are you going to be offering God back the same thing he handed you? I, 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 I hid it. I was afraid you are hard, you are hard master. I didn't want, or, or are you going to have more to offer back? I was talking to my daughter who's away and she's at a, uh, she's at school for worship and music and everything else. And so there's a, her roommates, that's kind of their path. They said, we went here to grow in our gifts and our ability. And so one of the things that they're doing so that at the end of the season, they don't offer God back the same thing that they were when they got there. They're practice, they've committed every day to practice. Um, hour on this and an hour on that. Like, instead of doing other things, let's, let's hold each other accountable that we're going to be in the rooms, really practicing so that we can grow as much as we can in this period of time and have, at least we, 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 we'll have some, we'll, we'll have grown. We'll offer more than we came with. And that's kind of the thing. Your gift may be teaching. It may be serving. It may be singing. It may be giving, praying, you know, administrative things. What are your gifts? What has God given you? What abilities has God given to you? What are your talents? And are you growing in those things? Are you working at it? Um, are you going to offer God back more 
than what you realize it was put in your hand. Because that's what he wants. And we're going to see as we continue through the parable here. So the guy with five, he got 10, he traded. The guy with two, he got four, he gained two more. Verse 18, but he who had received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and he hid his Lord's money. So the guy with one talent, it don't seem so bad just yet. You know, the guy with the one talent said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put it somewhere safe. I'm going to make sure when the Lord comes back, I'm able to give this back to him. But is that what God wants? He don't want back what he gave you. He wants a return on his investment. He's invested in us. You know, he, he don't want to come back and say that I, that's it. I, I, I mean, 30 years. That's what you offering me back. That's not what he wants. That means that you haven't done anything. Right. That means you didn't work. That means that while the other two guys were out there trading and trying to see how they could please their master, when they were out during the day trying to figure out how can I give my master back more? I don't know when he's coming back, but he's gone right now and they're working to make sure that they have more to offer. That means that while they were doing that, how long does it take to dig something and put it in a hole? A few minutes. Your time investment was little. And for the rest of the time, you just did nothing. And so when the Lord came back, you had nothing. Something for every one of us considers how we use our time. Time is something you don't get more of. You don't get, the, you don't get to go back and get the time you wasted. Um, we all get so much time. And what we do with it matters to the Lord. What we do with it has a lot to do with what we're able to offer back to him. And so the one with the one, he just, I mean, how many minutes does it take to dig a hole and throw something in the ground, leave it there? A couple minutes. That's what he did and nothing more. And so when the master came back, I mean, he, he, had, he had invested no time, no energy, no effort, no hard work. He hadn't gone out there and traded or tried to do what he could do to make it, you know, make more. He didn't do very much. And we're going to see how the master feels about that. Look at verse 19. It says, after a long time, you might note that in your Bible. It wasn't like he left him for a few days and came back. And the guy with the one time said, oh, I didn't know you was coming back that soon. He said, after a long time, you had a long time. You had time to do something. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he had, I'm sorry, verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. And what did the Lord say? Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Now, some people act like God is going to tell everybody that dies and goes to heaven. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's not true. <laughs> this is not the case. Um, God can't say well done, good and faithful servant if you didn't do well and you weren't a good or a faithful servant. That's God says well done, good and faithful servant because this guy was he did well and he was a good and a faithful servant. That's not God's. That's not like the sentence of acceptance to everybody that comes to heaven. Um, some people act like it is. Well, 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 he, well done. Somebody died and, you know, you know, they really in heaven and at their funeral. Pastors are telling them about they well done. Good. And fa- well, what did he do? Well, what was he faithful? at? How did he serve this guy? The, the master says, well done. Good and faithful servant. Now we want to hear that. And you can hear that if you do that, if you do well and you're a good and faithful servant, which the thing is, look, all of us can be faithful. All of us can. That's a, if I can communicate one thing to us. No matter what our gifts is, if you have one talent, that little bitty talent, great gang of talents, everybody has the potential to be faithful. 
That's what we want to concern ourselves with. God, I don't want to be, I don't want more. I don't want less. I don't want anything. I don't want what someone else has. What I want to do is be faithful with what I do have because that, that's in my power to do. I can be faithful. So, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The way that the Lord rewards faithfulness is by giving more. Those that were faithful with this, I'm going to trust you with more. And so a lot of times, even within, um, you know, as, as you think about maybe you have a business or maybe you have somewhere where you raise up people or you use people, what you want to do is raise up faithful people. Faithful people, that's what you want. Those that were faithful with the little thing, I'll give you some more because you're proving yourself faithful. And if someone's not faithful, then you, you take it away. I'll teach my son some lessons. I want, I want my son to be a, a, a rounded man, a solid man, so I got to do some hard things sometimes. So he gets an allowance for cleaning up the dog stuff. That's his job. You get out in that backyard, and it's worth it to me, that means I don't have to do it. I'll pay you to get out there and clean that up, but you got to do it every day, right? It can't become my burden to remind you, to ask you if you did it, to go check in behind you, because then that's work. I'm not going to pay you if I got to do some work. And so what I've done is at times, I said, right now you have the opportunity to make some money. So if you do that every day of the week, you get 10 bucks, easy money. Take you a few minutes every day, get out there, scoop, 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 scoop. That's your job. And sometimes when he wants something and he's saving money, my brother's faithful. He's out there every day. Dad, I took care of it. Dad, as soon as I got home, he kid called me when I'm not home. Dad, I got home with mom. I went out there right away, different thing. I went out there, clean everything up. Just want you to know. All right. But he want to make sure he's getting his money that week. So there are days where he's, I've been faithful. Then, then there go some weeks go by, and I'm like, hey, did you get out there today? Oh, that look. So, okay. So well, now, now, next week, you still got to clean it all up, but there won't be an allowance. Now I got to switch it up on you. Now, if you miss a day, every time you miss a day, you get a whooping. So now I got to motivate you. you, you since, since, since money didn't motivate you, you're going to be motivated with punishment. And after he does that well, you know, I switch you back up. Now you got an opportunity to make money again. And, and I'm just, you know, I'm trying to teach him some valuable lessons. Now, he's never got the whooping for it because that's very motivating to him. It's like, if you forget, we're going to see about it. You know, he don't forget then. But um, God says, look, and then God's not motivating us with a whooping. That's the thing, right? You could be unfaithful for a long time. And God's not, God's not, you know, you're just kind of left out there. You're missing some things. You, that's why people are unfulfilled. How, how can a Christian be unfulfilled? How can a Christian be, I'm just, I'm just going on my life, just unfulfilled, bored. You know why? You're not being faithful with what God has given you to do. You're trying to find fulfillment in something else, and it's, it's letting you down hard. And if you would just get what God gave you to do and be busy about that, you wouldn't be unfulfilled. You wouldn't be bored. You wouldn't be dissatisfied. You would be content and you would have peace and you would have joy and you'll be right with the Lord. So verse 22 now says, he also who had received the two talents came and said, Lord, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Notice that the one that gained two and the one that gained five both heard the same speech. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over many. But he got five more. You got two more. God, you, did, you both did good. You both did good. Good job. I wasn't comparing you with him. I was comparing you with you. I wasn't, I wasn't judging you based on how he did. I was judging you based on what I gave you. And you did good. And so we want to be careful. Because maybe you got two talents 
and you're doubling them up, but you're looking at someone that got five doubling those up and you feel like you're not doing enough. Don't don't compare yourself to other people. You want to always be looking to the Lord. God, what have you given me and how can I be faithful what you're giving me? You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. As we study through the book of Numbers, do you relate to how the people wanted to rebel, complain, and doubt what God's doing? Throughout this book, it's easy to pick up on a theme that God doesn't look kindly at a rebellious spirit or behavior. However, He corrects the people in a way that causes them to come back to Him with the right kind of heart. The lessons that he taught them are the same ones he teaches you today. He wants you to live fully for him, not just say one thing and do another. This means not going about your ministry complaining about the things that bother you. God wants you to be overflowing with gratitude for what he's doing in your life and to look back at the struggles and recognize that he was the one who got you through. Are you enjoying these things that you're gaining from the book of Numbers? Today's message is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the Teachings tab. Otherwise, feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of A Transforming Word.